Welcome to Convos from the Couch by Life Stance Health, where leading mental health professionals help guide you on your journey to a healthier, more fulfilling life. Hello, and welcome to Convos from the Couch by Life Stance Health. I'm Nicolette Lianza, and on today's episode, I'm excited to be talking with Chloe Callahan, a senior reporter at DigiDay Media's Work Life, where she writes with a refreshing perspective on various topics related to the modern workforce. So welcome, Chloe. Great to have you on. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited. Well, you've written extensively about the changing world of work, especially for young professionals. And so I really look forward to our conversation today as you share about the trends, stories, and insights that have shaped your perspective as a journalist for work life. So thank you again for being on. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure thing. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat. So a little bit about me. My name is Chloe Callahan. And just like you said in your intro, I am a senior reporter at Digiday Media's Work Life. But just to rewind a bit, I wasn't always covering the future of work. So I started with just reporting in local news. I'm in the Hudson Valley in New York, so a little bit upstate New York. And I loved covering local news. It was so exciting covering what people's challenges were in their everyday life, that sort of thing. But I was ready to graduate from that and make a pivot. I never thought that I would cover work because I have, oh, I don't know. I don't want to think about work that much. But I slowly started to realize I can help people's lives and help people have a better work experience by sharing ways that they can go about work in a different way or whatever that might be. We cover all different things with work life, everything from the future of work, including like spaces and leadership and talent to things like mental health, of course, which I'm excited to dive into today with you. Um, A lot about like psychological safety in the workplace, all different things. So I'm really excited to get into it today. Thank you. So throughout your time writing for work life, what's one standout trend that you believe has had a lasting impact on how people approach their careers and professional lives? Yeah, so that's a really great question. I feel like there's been so much change since the pandemic. It can't be said enough because it's so true. How we go about work is so different today. Um, But one thing that I've noticed and really enjoyed reporting on are all the quiet trends. So like Mm -hmm. quiet quitting, Mm -hmm quiet promotion, quiet firing. There's all these different things that we're putting the word quiet in front of. But how I really see it is that we're approaching our careers with different attitudes today. These things were always happening, but maybe they were like swept under the rug Mm -hmm. or whatever. But now people are talking about it, even if they are putting the quiet word in front of it. We see we saw the quiet quitting trend all over social media Mm -hmm. over the past year or more at this point. So it's super I think it's exciting to see what's actually going on and what people Mm -hmm. really are experiencing in the workplace. So that's been super exciting for me to see. And I think that the younger professionals are a big part of that. I guess because I am a Gen Zer myself. And I know that like in my personal life, my friends, like we're very much, okay, we need to have transparency about what's happening at work, what's going on. And I think that is like an approach that a lot of people are taking today, both younger professionals and then people who have been in the workforce for a while and the pandemic changed things for them. So it's really exciting. I love that you take that perspective from the Gen Z perspective because Gen Zers, the Zoomers are navigating things differently, which I think is great and refreshing. And I think 
I'm seeing a lot, and I realize I'm already jumping and talking about this. We could do a whole other episode just talking about this. And let me just make one point. I think they really do want the work-life balance. They're definitely working to live and not living to work. And I definitely appreciate you guys really doing better at standing, setting boundaries with work. Have you seen that as well? A hundred percent. I feel like in a way, the older workforce is like learning from us going mm-hmm. in a different way and saying, okay, we are going to set this boundary. We're not going to work past five. We're up right. out of our desk. Like, right. And for some people, I think they're like, how come they're leaving that early? Like I had to pay my time and sit there for hours. But I think other folks are like, okay, this is probably like a better approach for everyone to have this work-life balance. And all that really came out of the pandemic, I think. But it's awesome to see. And I feel like I, I do see that a lot. Yeah, definitely. Can you share a memorable story from your reporting that sheds light on a unique perspective or a solution related to our work lives? Yeah. Whenever I write about articles with mental health in the workplace, I think a lot about the ones that resonate the most with readers. For me, there was like a huge moment when I wrote an article about anxious achievers in the workplace. And so with that, it's actually, I learned that a micromanager just might be someone who's suffering from anxiety. Yeah. Like, wow. So interesting to me because I would say I suffer with anxiety. I've been like going to therapy for seven years. It's something where I'm like super type A and I'm like such a micromanager sometimes. I'm not a manager, but I'm such a type A. Let me be on top of everything, which like I think might stress out some other people that I work with sometimes or who knows. I can see that. Mm -hmm. But once I like wrote this article and talked to people about an anxious achiever, I was like, wow, that's so interesting. That's actually what's going on for people like myself and other people. And that was one where a lot of people reached out to me and said, thank you so much for writing this article. I also really resonate with this. And we know, again, like Gen Zers have higher levels of anxiety like this. So I think, again, it's another one where that's like the reality of it, but Mm -hmm. it's good to Peel back the layer and see what's actually going on here. I, I and it's so true. Of once we can recognize like anxious achievers, right? When we realize what's really going on there, that it's coming out of from anxiety. It it one for the person themselves. It sounds like you had a flashball like kind of went off. Whoa, wow, that's what's going on. So other people who might even be working around them in a team or with them with the team can also understand that as well. And I think that's helpful. The more we understand or insightful about what drives us and our style in the workplace is really important. So yeah, yeah it's a great article too. Definitely a great article. <laughs> I think that's super interesting of just like knowing how to approach them. And that was yeah. another thing I wanted to bring up, like just doing reporting on like different types of managers and different types mm-hmm. of colleagues. We were in both of those articles and Again, just knowing, okay, it might be a micromanager. It might be someone who's super laid back. It could be someone who is not there as much. And again, just how to approach these different kinds of workers. And so I think it's just interesting of thinking of solutions to our work lives and how we can work with someone that might not be like the exact mirror of how you work. But I think that's a skill not only for the workplace, but beyond. It's good to know how to communicate with all different sorts of people. Right. It can translate beyond work, right? To our personal lives, you name it. Right. I agree. So we've already mentioned a little bit of mental health there. Mental health struggles we know intersect with work-related stress. So based on your interviews, 
which strategies have you seen individuals commonly employ to safeguard their mental health while they're navigating their jobs? Yeah, I think that this is a really important question because it's all so tied together, work and life. And it's common where if maybe you're having a terrible work situation, that's going to seep into the rest of your day and vice versa. Right. So it is important to, of course, have those things in place to safeguard your mental health while navigating a job, especially if it is like a toxic job or you're not happy with the company culture. And I mentioned this before, but I've never heard the word psychological safety used as much until my reporting at work life. Like I didn't fully know what psychological safety meant, but it's at the core of every company's principles yeah. that I talk to when it comes to mental being and health in the workforce. And the biggest thing that I've seen with that is just having like trust between like yourself and maybe your boss or your team to be able to share if you want to, like what's mm -hmm. going on in your life or what you need more help with, or, Hey, I don't want to share this today, but I'm going to need some space whatever it might be. But I think the biggest thing and the biggest string that connects everything is like that boundary setting. And like I said before, knowing how to work with different types of people and going from there. But that's when a company culture is okay when you can safeguard your yeah. mental health where like there might be some things that are a struggle, but you can put things in place to make it easier. But there are times where it's just like too far gone, where I feel like the entire company culture is so bad that who knows, maybe then the best option is to leave. But then mm -hmm. that's not the easiest thing to do for people. My one friend, she's in this situation where the company culture just is not there. She's having a struggle of figuring out how to navigate it. And she wants to apply to different jobs. But after a long workday, there's no time. So it's really hard, really hard to do. But I feel like the best practice is to set those boundaries where mm -hmm. you can, which I think some people do struggle with sometimes. But as much as you set boundaries in your personal life, right, that should carry over into work. I agree. And I think as therapists, we're having these conversations with our clients, especially if they are working in working in working environments that are maybe toxic, definitely not exhibiting a lot of psychological safety in those environments. So for having these conversations too, of setting boundaries or even possibly considering leaving if it doesn't look like it's going to get any better. But again, like you said, it's not always a long day. You're tired. You might not even have the energy to start putting out there all the stuff you need to, to look mm. for another job. So it's tough. It's definitely tough for sure. It's hard. And there's so many different things to think about with it. Like on one side, when you're too positive, then, you know, you're like, okay, maybe you're experiencing someone with like toxic positivity. Right. And then I just wrote an article about doom loop. I saw it. Doom yeah. loop. Yeah. You're just in a mm -hmm. vicious cycle of one negative thing makes you feel like everything is negative and that can have right. a big impact in the workplace too. So it's good to identify when the situation isn't the best, but then it's, is that leading into a bunch of other negative thoughts? Who right. knows? So can really be a dance of like how to go about everything. Definitely. As the landscape of work continues to evolve, what topic or issue have you found most personally thought-provoking or inspiring? And how has it shaped the way you approach your role as a journalist? Yeah, so I've already hinted at this earlier, but I love covering Gen Z and the new generation uh, mm. coming into the workforce. I'm a Gen Zer myself, like I mentioned. And I think it starts with like, 
how I said I came from local news. Like for me, I could build connections with the people that I was reporting on and their issues. And I find that with Gen Z too. I appreciate reporting on Gen Z because I am a Gen Zer. Like mm-hmm. I understand it a little bit more than maybe the next person. And Gen Z is changing the future of work as we know it. So it's really helped me think about the multi-generational workforce mm-hmm. more than I've ever had. Even on the flip side of it, like I wrote an article a couple of weeks ago about how just people aren't retiring as soon as they were in the past. And so what does it look like to work with people who are maybe in their late 60s and what that comes along with? So it's really interesting just seeing both sides of it and how we can all learn from each other. I think there's a lot of stereotypes of Gen Zers had to deal with the stereotypes of being lazy, being quiet quitters or Mm -hmm. whatever it might be. And then older folks in the workforce, it's they don't know how to use technology or (laughs) they're too slow. And it's okay. I don't know if any of these stereotypes are helpful and let's just like break down those barriers and actually figure out how we can all work together. So That's been something that's really been inspiring for me and it's shaped the way that I've thought about my reporting. But I think just overall, writing about work has been super interesting for me because the ongoing joke in my family growing up was that I was never going to do any corporate job or any work. I was like, (laughs) I'm going to be a taxi driver. I never thought I would do anything like this, but now all of my writing is about work, which is a little bit weird for me, but... I think it's helped me realize that these things are so blended. Like when I go Mm -hmm. talk to my friends, I feel like the first thing that they talk about is work and Mm -hmm. what's going on there. So I think it is important that we are mindful about like the jobs and careers we choose able to and how to continue to safeguard our mental health in the workplace and everything else in between. So it can be a lot, but I think that it's important to just keep those boundaries wherever you can. Definitely. Any other takeaways you'd like to share? I feel like there is so much to talk about. One big thing, I guess, like that we hear a lot right now is like AI and Mm -hmm. increase in technology. And maybe that some people are worried about that. Will it replace my job or not? It can be scary, but I feel like at the same time, we're having an opportunity for people to be responsible and ethical and that sort of things. I guess that's one thing that I've been thinking about mm-hmm. a lot as well. I don't know how much it like ties into here, but that's like oh, one. I, I think big time because that can feed into the anxiety people have yeah. about their jobs and stuff. So yeah, 100%. 100%. I think you're right on that. And then the other big thing is also, of course, the return to office, which we mm-hmm. haven't mentioned too much yet. And I think that is really interesting to me and a big takeaway that I wanted to share just because a lot of people talk about the pros and cons of remote work. And of course, it help. I feel like it helps marginalized groups, people who maybe don't have the time to commute, don't have the time for right. child or the money for childcare, whatever it right. might be. And I think that's really interesting and important to take a closer look at, especially as people are mandating returns to the office, which, you know, is maybe good for some people. Like talks about like some people do feel better when they have a routine and can go into the office and they feel like things are truly separate, which I could understand the beauty in too. I'm sitting here right now at my dining table with, (laughs) I don't know how great that situation is either. 
But I think overall, it's just like really interesting. And I also think a lot about women in the workplace, again, Mm -hmm. obviously from my personal spot here. But one article that I just wrote that I thought was interesting is this idea of a lead dad. So it's similar to a stay-at-home dad, but the dad might not be staying fully at home. They might be working. But the idea is that when two people decide to have a child... It usually is the mom who is, okay, my job's going to go on the back burner and I'm going to take the caregiver responsibilities. But these lead dads are saying, I'm going to do that. And so the person, the other person can go work their job still. And the person I talked to about this the other day said, I was unintentionally holding my wife back and switched roles. The wife ended up actually being able to full-time put herself into her career and she ended up like quadrupling how much money she oh, made wow she's full in with her career and the dad's at home but it's just so interesting to see how like we have all these conversations with the return to office right. and how remote work can help the mom who's working and also has her child but it's is that the best way to really go about it so it's interesting right. to just think of these new ways that yeah starting to really dive into with how work w- makes the most sense for them. And it doesn't need to, again, be the way that we always see. So I think that it's important. And that was just like another thing that I wanted to touch base on. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Related to the lead dad, the stay-at-home dad, you know, I think in our society, we still lean towards no men should be the providers yes. and men should be the one working, which is so antiquated and outdated. And so the fact that in this example, like he wasn't letting that bother him. He wasn't feeling emasculated by that. He was like, yeah. no, I was able to raise my wife up to be able to make quadruple her income. Yeah. So that's amazing. That's it great. is interesting. Not to say that he didn't have those personal battles in his head, though. He did admit that. Like, I had to unwire my brain is what uh, he said. Okay. Like, that is still like a stereotype for some It is. It is. Provider. But- he was able to unwire it and was able to lift up his wife, which I think nice. is amazing. <laughs> Definitely. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Chloe. Chloe, these have been just great examples. Thank you for sharing your thoughts and insights as a journalist for Digiday Media's work, work life. Appreciate you. Would love to definitely have you back on again. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate it hopping on here today. Thank you. I would also like to thank the team behind the podcast, Jason Clayton, Juliana Whitten, and Chris Kelman, with a special thanks to Jason Clayton, who edits our episodes. Thank you for listening to Converse from the Couch. Take care, everyone.